Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's up, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And I'm tired. That's our third guest host of the day. It's my exhaustion. How are you doing, my friend? Um, my exhaustion is also here. Um, and she had herself a Monday, so we're feeling great. I know. Today did just pretty much exemplify Monday. Although I will say, our listeners won't know this because this episode will come out Tuesday at 12. But this might be the earliest we've ever recorded a podcast, and it's... 8.04 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Like, it's not early at all. Like, but this is just, it's feeling like one of the earliest episodes we've we've recorded. Well, in all fairness, uh, probably should have gotten on the ball since we uh, electively, we didn't even say anything this time. We just electively took a day off again last week. I think saying electively is a bold way to describe the fact that my job made me work until 3 a.m. one night and uh, we weren't going to record at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, so so that's a way to say that we elected to. I think it was yeah. elected for us. <laughs> we just unanimously made a decision to, you know, I was the reason mainly the week before and this time it was your turn i'm not gonna say it was that i was the reason i'm gonna say it was my job and the students that make me have to do my job sometime (laughs) that was my reason so you then (laughs) no i'm not claiming responsibility for any of their actions and i will leave it at that but um yeah we're back uh it's been a week uh you probably didn't want to listen to our show last week anyway on friday because the Blue Jackets Jackets win over the Edmonton Oilers on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been quite the week. The Jackets on a little bit of a skid, and the skid is no more. Yeah, it's – as you're listening to this, it is the final week of the season for the Blue Jackets, which is very strange um, because it's just very strange. This season felt both – insanely long and also so fast uh see i the fast you've missed me on the fast because i don't know like i think there are parts of it that were fast but i think as a whole as i look at the calendar i'm like and part of it might be because like in the span of the blue jacket season this year i like had to leave a job, had to move to a whole new city, had to restart life in some ways. And like that to me feels like it was forever. And so like by proxy, the season was forever because like that was, this is the same season. Like we attended games in this season as I lived in Ohio and now I don't. And this is still the same season that's now concluding. That's that makes it feel like a long season to me. I can see that. I can, I can see how it looks like that. I mean, I won't divulge too much of this, but like, I think in the same way, it seems fast to me because so much has happened in like a weird rapid succession in my own life. And it almost like, it's still like, I can see where it feels like forever ago, but also like, it also just to me doesn't feel like it feels like yesterday kind of. So 
Um, the dichotomy of time. It's a flat circle and it's not real. <laughs> it's a human construct. That it is. But but yeah, so it is probably a better thing that we didn't record on for Friday last week because we would have had one really terrible game to talk about. Um, but now we have like a little bit of wah wah and a woohoo to discuss. That feels like the Blue Jacket season as a whole. If you had to make it a sound, it feels like that specifically. Uh, because yeah, yeah, we did. I mean, and it was funny because when we decided, and by that I mean when it was decided for us that we could not record on Thursday night, I believe your words were instead of one bad game to talk about, we'll have three. <laughs> <laughs> and you were half right, you were almost there, but we only have two yeah. bad games to talk about. And we don't even really need to like discuss, honestly, at this point, like you guys aren't here for us to recap the games, you're here for us to just basically like unfiltered spew our bullshit and and we're gonna do that like i can assure you we're gonna do that part yeah absolutely and i mean it's it's also just not as fun to recap like the not great games uh because obviously like and the other thing is it's like very much so in true blue jackets fashion the two games that we lost were like frustrating stupid losses by one goal and, you know, it's one of those things where you're just like, come on, man. Especially when you look at the game against um, Ottawa on Friday. Like, yeah. I was literally, I was watching the game in bed, yelling at my laptop going, there is no reason why this fucking game should be going into overtime or into a shutout. Like, there was just... At, or not a shutout, a shootout. There was just absolutely no reason for that game to have gone on that long. So, as you all know, as I just referenced, we will spend a lot of time on the show spewing out a bunch of bullshit. And I'm here for my first one. And it's that Laura doesn't know it, but she just told on herself. What? So Laura has not been able to watch games on her TV because she <laughs> her fire stick doesn't work. And so one of her really great best friends decided to gift her a fire stick. And Laura is quite literally the worst at using anything that anybody buys her. She won't use it. She won't do it. I know for a fact that it's still in the package. It is sitting right beside me. In the package. And all fairness, I just really wanted to lay down. That's fair. That's <laughs> it fair. It wasn't because, I mean, obviously now, seeing as it's Monday, and I had two days since then, and a game, another game, that I could 1 have. 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That I could have plugged this in and set it up. I did not do that yet. But fascinating. Laura redeemed Jeremy, her Christmas present. Jeremy from, is the best person and bought me a new fire stick. <laughs> Laura redeemed her Christmas present from December of 2020. Um it wasn't a Christmas present. It was a was it Christmas? Christmas or your birthday of 2021. It was one of the two, but they're close enough to where like I'm still just like dragging you for it. So anyway. Um, Laura just told on herself on the show and you all got to watch me catch her. So I hope you all enjoyed that. In all fairness, I deserve that because like you said, I did, <laughs> I did redeem a Christmas and or birthday present a year after I was given it. And that's okay. 
And that was only because I was afraid that it may have expired. That's fair. But it didn't. And I used my tote bag that I got from said redemption on Saturday. Do you want to know how I know you have ADHD? (laughs) This entire sequence. Oh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But yeah, I agree with you. Like I actually, I didn't get a chance to catch uh, Friday's game against, against Ottawa. Uh, friend of the podcast, Dina, uh, and one of our other friends, Andrew, was up uh, in Grand Rapids. They were up in Grand Rapids, and we went to the uh, Griffins game against the Chicago Wolves, which was a shit show and a half, but a lot of fun. But I missed the Blue Jackets and the Senators game, and so you were keeping me abreast to all of the all of the things. And, yeah, like you said, just not a great game. Uh, you know, we won't even talk really about the San Jose game because, again, not a really great game for the jackets and and i mean but i mean the moral of the story on that west coast swing was like they just let themselves go down early and when you don't have players in the lineup like patrick line zach Wierenski, boone jenner like you did earlier in the season when you were able to climb out of these holes it's harder to climb out of these holes and they're learning that and they're good learning moments for the young guys but they're not really great learning moments for your two favorite podcast hosts to talk about on the show. So obviously there are bright spots, which I mean, like we'll talk about them like vaguely and, and, you know, just in a whole as we talk about the rest of the, the week in action, but yeah, not great on the West coast, which is a bummer. Shout out to anybody who is watching those games like in person. I know a lot of our followers were either out there or traveled there. So shout out to y'all for watching them lose three games if you went to all three. But hopefully, hopefully you had a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was literally all three of those games were like reading the same chapter of a book over and over again. And that can be really frustrating. And I know it was was frustrating for the team too, and especially to have these circumstances where we come back from the west coast and we've now added to the injured list it's like we're not even coming we're not even coming back with any wins and now we're also adding more people who are probably not going to be seen again for the rest of the season because we only have three more games so um but yeah it was it was just you know, the the sort of the bright spot, obviously, like, I would say out of at least these last, or San Jose and Ottawa, which, my God, again, I just, we should not, like, the Ottawa game was just stupid. Like, someone should have just won that game in regulation. Like, it was just, I think we said this against, oh, what was the other team? Where it was just two bad teams playing against each other. Is it Philadelphia? It might have. Oh, it was. It was the game in Philadelphia because we got our shit kicked the one game in Columbus. So, yeah, it was the game against Philadelphia in Philadelphia. Well, and it, it was, again, one of those circumstances. Like, it's too... I mean, obviously, statistically speaking, we're a better team than Ottawa. But at the time, because we like to do this thing where we play down uh, to certain opponents, it was just two bad teams playing against each other. And then to take two bad teams to not only end a very, like, not necessarily entertaining game 
tied to then have nothing happen in overtime to then have to take it to a mediocre shootout. Like, <laughs> yeah. And the jackets in the shootout this year, man, it's kind of been tough to watch. It's just not, it's just not good. Like we've had a, co- a couple of like really great moments. Like obviously when Chinny won the game in a shootout, when Jake Voracek won the game, like, you know, we've had a couple of Patrick Line, of course, like we've had a couple like golden moments in either overtime or a shootout. But as of late in the second half of this season, if we go into overtime, 90% of the time we're losing. Like we are just not an overtime team right now. And especially not when Boone is out, Patrick is out, Zach is out. I mean, arguably, that's the the three you start the overtime with. Like, yeah, that's in an ideal first, situation. Like that's the first line in overtime, and all yeah. three of them are broken. So you know, we things were not looking great. Um, they weren't. But, they weren't. But okay. I would really say, like, out of the San Jose and the Ottawa game, the real bright spot there is Jack Roselvik continuing his just massive hot streak man is playing like he knows he's got a contract to sign soon (laughs) like he is i mean like i i was thinking about this the other day and maybe we can have somebody on to talk about it and pick their brain that might be a little closer to the situation but like what do you pay that guy and and for how long do you pay that guy that's tough because you have to have like you really have to have the faith that he can keep this level of play up and right. that it's not going to take him, you know, cause truly it was basically three quarters of the season before he, like he had a bright spot here or there, but it was three quarters of the way through the season before he even started playing like at any measure that we expected. Yeah. And that could be for any number of things, like new coaching style, different lines, like all this sort of stuff. Who knows? But you have to, I think when you're Yarmo in this in this circumstance and when you're the other coaches, you have to really think about what is it going to, is this going to be how Jack is all the time? And it's but, tough because like when you think about his contract, it's like, He's in a similar situation. He's, um, you know, technically he's a little older, but he didn't enter the NHL like right when he was drafted the same way Patrick Line did. So they're both in similar situations where this is their last RFA contract. Jack has one more year as an RFA, and that's the upcoming year. Um, and then after that, he's an unrestricted free agent. So, like, it's one of those things where you can't really sign him to a one-year deal because then at the end of that contract – He's a free, uh, an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, and so you re- you really need to sign a, a bridge deal with both of them. Well, I think you need to sign Patty long term, but like, yeah, personally, but yeah, I mean, like Jack, I mean, like I'm okay with like three to four years, but is the player right? I mean, it's actually kind of similar to the Josh Anderson situation, where it's like, does the player want to try to milk term out of it, or is it? let me get my money. Like, let me have a couple of seasons, two, three seasons in Columbus. And if I play well, I can get my money here or I can 
search the market. Like, what's the team going to be comfortable? What's the player going to be comfortable with? And this one, I think, this one, I think is going to be messy. I, I feel like there will be some mess involved with the Jack Rossovic situation this offseason. Yeah, I think ideally for, like, at least in my opinion, and for how I kind of see the small bits and pieces of how Yarmo's directing things, like, I'd be okay with signing Jack to a three-year contract. Yeah. Like, bridge him over to his UFA years. Um, and if after that first year of UFA, if he's not, like, if he's not living up to our expectation, then you can trade him before we lose him for nothing. Right. But if he is, then you can start having the conversations about, hey, let's move you. If you And obviously, he's going to have a vested interest in wanting to stay in Columbus. Like, yeah. this is his hometown. Like, this, you know. And so I would look at it that way to hope for a three-year bridge deal. And I just had a really, like, deja vu moment to like five years ago when you were explaining hockey to me and I would have had no idea what any of the words were that just came out of my mouth. So <laughs> anyway, I'm back to my point. Always impressed by you. <laughs> Thank you. Back to my point. But yes, I think three years, I don't really know. Can you tell me what now, right now, what Jack's getting paid? Yeah. Currently Jack's contract is he is making uh two, uh, Two hundred and fifty thousand. Or nope. <laughs> I was like, the heck he is. What? <laughs> yeah, what a deal. No. Um he's at two point five. Yeah, two point five. That's weird though. The base salary, it's weird. So he's got three point nine million dollar contract total. So his AAV is actually a little bit lower. So his cap hit's actually around one nine. But he's making this year two five, which is important because he has arbitration rights, which means that a his qualifying offer has to be a percentage higher than two point five, which it, mm-hmm. I mean he's going to earn that I think, generally, and the arbitration rights, you know, the arbiter will see that and and will base part of their decision on that as well. Yeah, I would think. I mean, I think there's enough potential there that like. And if you go for something like I'm suggesting, like a three-year bridge deal, and we have enough cap space, so you could do like three years, three point five million, and like sweeten the situation a little bit for him. Obviously, you don't want to give him a huge chunk of money because we're still figuring out this circumstance. And I think if Jack really looked at like his performance over the last two seasons with Columbus, like he could see that rationale. Um, But yeah, I mean, he's, I definitely think we need to keep him um, just to see, but it's going to be interesting to see how Yarmo can figure that all out. The other thing that we're not talking about though, Hmm. his trade value over the last two months (laughs) has just been creeping on up. So will Yarmo use him as a piece? Who knows? But kind of detracted off of the story. You're right. He's been incredible the last few weeks. Uh, You know, obviously getting the hat check in Detroit, following it up with another two-goal performance, finding the back of the net, and and really just (laughs) 
throwing up apples wherever he can. It's been really exciting to watch him play, and and he's played really well. And I, it's just going to be interesting to see where this whole thing goes. But, um, you know, one thing that we know for certain, and part of that is based on the play on Sunday against Edmonton, is that the kids are all right. Like, the kids are all right because, man, oh, man, Sunday's game was all about the kids, which is ironic because it was the kids' takeover game. So <laughs> the kids really did take over, the, the Blue Jackets kids, that is. I mean, your Cole Cylinders, your Nick Blankenbergs of the world. Although I will say that, like, it feels weird to call him a kid <laughs> because, like, he is, like, definitely a lot more established and a lot – established might not be the right word – He's older than any of the other guys who we're talking about here. When we talk about people like Cole, or we talk about you know Ken and things like that, like he's just got that. And I think that's why he's been able to integrate so well into the system. And I think you and I talked about this a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things is Nick Blankenberg's got something to prove. Ken Johnson, maybe not as much right now, um, but also like he's older. He's he's played more hockey, and he's you know, been a leader on and off the ice over the course of his time. And he's integrating so well into the NHL, getting his first NHL goal on Sunday and a power play goal. Nonetheless, as he was quarterbacking the first power play, like what? Yeah, it was a, it was a really, I mean, Sunday's game was really big for the whole team, really big for the fan base. It was so great for, kids day to have such like a great showing from the team and especially against you know one of the best teams in the nhl right now who has two of the top scoring and points earning players in the entire league like who very much so had no intentions of losing to us um and tried very 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 hard to harm us in numerous ways and to stop us from, from doing that. But I mean, you could not have asked for like a better situation for Nick um, to get his first NHL goal um, to really be coming into, you know, cause this, like you said, we, t- we talked about it off, off air. And, you know, I noticed a lot of things like as I was, going through our social media on Sunday and just a lot of like, and this is where you separate the like more hockey knowledgeable and realistic fans from the like sort of, I don't want to call, I yeah, I do kind of want to call them crazed and delusional like fans because there were so many people that were saying like, and I'm not trying to downgrade the, the greatness or the great things that Nick has accomplished, but like just flat out saying like, we like Kent Johnson is not living up to his expectations. Like blah, a lot of like, you know, all this sort of like ridiculousness. And I'm sitting here going, they have literally played five, six, maybe NHL games. Like, that's insanity for anyone to be, like, yes, please, like, celebrate Nick and what he's been accomplishing, accomplishing, but, like, you have absolutely no right to say anything about what Kent's been doing. Like, that's just unrealistic and doesn't make any sense. 
It's also comparing two situations that I think are very dissimilar. I think, like you said to me off of the show and, and even as we said today on the show, it's a matter of Nick Blankenberg has got something to prove. I mean, like the Jackets weren't bringing him in just to like let him skate somewhere for 10 games at the end of the season. Like they have an interest in him being a part of the, a part of the team and a part of the future of the team. But Obviously, he's got to prove that he's capable, and I mean, I think he's done that and more. I mean, I, Mark Shai tweeting that you know he would be shocked if he doesn't start on the top four at the start of the season, which I mean, we could have conversations about that at a later time because I don't know if I necessarily agree. But nevertheless, it's like two different situations. You're pl- you're talking about a defenseman who's playing on a blue line right now that is pretty. I mean, we want to talk about that. Like he's older than some of these defensemen that we talk about being the next like wave of defensemen for the Jackets. I mean, he's, I think he's older than Adam Boquist. I think he's older. Maybe um, than Jake it's close. Cause I think he's 22. Yeah. But I think Jake Bean is 22. Jake Bean might be, but I don't think Adam Boquist. I feel like Adam Boquist is, is Adam Boquist 21? He'll be 22 in August. Yeah. But I think so I, Jake Bean is 22. Right. And so, I mean, anyway, though, like, oh, Nick Blankenberg will be 24 in May. Mm. So, I mean, like, this guy is older than than a lot of these guys on this blue line that we're talking about. I mean, he, he's Andrew Peake's age, I think. I think Andrew Peake's going to be 24 this year if he's not already. And so that's kind of like – the apples to oranges here. You're saying that Kent Johnson, the 19 year old should be this stuff. Cause let's face it. Like we're spoiled with how Cole Sillinger's progressed. And a lot of folks will probably tell you that Cole Sillinger, although drafted 12th, I guess, I mean, 11th player drafted in the 2021 draft. He's probably one of the more underrated draft picks of that class. He probably should have been drafted. You can make an argument like, around where Kent was and the jackets will say thank you and move on that he wasn't. But I mean, comparing apples to oranges here, I don't think it's worth saying that Kent Johnson is underperforming. Do you know what the blue jackets expectation was of Kent Johnson this, this season to just come and play a few games to come and put a blue jackets jersey on and to skate around on the ice to let him get a feel for it to burn off his first year of his contract because that's a benefit to the player. So the player's got to like that. And so that's what the goal was of this season. The goal was not for him to come in and put up 10 points in 10 games at the end of the season to somehow like lead the Jackets into believing that this guy was going to be the savior of the franchise in the first 10 games he played. He might, he might be that person for the franchise, but we don't need to know that after 10 games. Well, exactly. And I think that you point to another good, you know, area is looking at their contracts. Nick's contract ends on June 30th. We have two more years with Kent, minimum. So he, it point blank, Kent, or not Kent, Nick has something to prove. So yeah, he's going to, you know, and if you know anything about his story, you know, he's had to work for everything that he has. In, as far as in hockey is in considered. And so, you know, because he's smaller, he, you know, we went all over this when we talked about them signing, but he's a smaller defenseman. 
He wasn't a defenseman until he came to Michigan. He was a walk-on player at Michigan, had to work his way up to really solidifying himself on the team, had to work to become the captain. Um, he's undrafted, so there's that all in one, too. And, you know, there's just very different circumstances between not saying, also still not saying that Kent's not working his ass off because he is, but it was just some some unnecessary comparison when we should have just been celebrating Nick's accomplishment and, you know, just be happy that we have these young, talented guys that are hopefully going to pull this franchise in the direction that we want it to go in. Correct. If if Nick Blankenberg is overperforming at the start of this experience for him, that's nothing but a win for the Blue Jackets, guys. So let's not be too worried about it. Let's hope that it keeps up. Again, I think he's going to be a big piece. I think he's going to get re-signed. And kind of like we talked about, he'll either have – I mean, he'll be interesting because, like I said, he'll be 24. So a three-year deal for him would take him to free agency, I think. Maybe even a two-year, depending on the timing of it all. So I'm not sure. We won't, we won't get into it right now. We'll talk about that stuff in the offseason. But, yeah, I mean, good things for the Jackets. And and like we said, a really great win for the Jackets. And Evanston. we previewed it a little bit. We'll get into it just a little bit after we hear from our beautiful, beautiful friends, at DraftKings because they want to make you rich. They want to make sure you have the money. And uh, all you got to do is, is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app because hockey fans, you're going to feel the action like never before. The official sports betting partner of the NHL DraftKings Sportsbook is offering new customers an exclusive offer where you can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play for free for thousands of dollars with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. You just got to draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. Because DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and older restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So we've previewed the game against Edmonton a little bit. We can talk a little bit more specifically about the nitty-gritty. Uh, maybe don't necessarily need to run through exactly what happened when, but, man, the Jackets – found themselves down again. They found themselves down 2-1, I believe it was, going into the second or third period. Um, uh, and, yes, we ended and, the first period tied. Yeah, so, I mean, you go into the third period, again, it was the moral of the story, maybe not as dramatically in this game, but uh, kind of playing catch-up most of the game. Uh, Evander Kane, I know, scored the first goal for, uh, you know, for the Oilers, which my fantasy team thanks you, Evander, but but nevertheless, the Jackets found a way. They tie it up. They make it one-to-one. And that's the kind of thing that they didn't get on the West Coast. Like, they did not get that goal. Like, especially in this instance, you get the goal from Robbie, who has also just been lights out. And uh, they weren't getting that on the West Coast. They didn't get the, the goal that kept them in it. It was always the second goal, the third goal scored by the team on the West Coast. And the Jackets, you know, they kept Edmonton from doing that. 
Yeah, exactly. This was a much different start and a better start than we had seen in the last three games on the West Coast. <laughs> and, you know, that's a good thing. It was good. You know, it always feels good to come back home. And especially on, like we said, t- Sunday was uh, Kids Day at the arena. Um, and there was just a lot of really, like, good, positive energy. And you could tell that they they were wanting a boost. Like, they were wanting a boost. We had found out, um, I think, before, right before the game that um, Adam Boquist was going to be out. Um, we were continuing with Patrick Line and Zach Orensky and, of course, Boone Jenner continuing to be out. So when you're looking at that already, that's just like no good times, like no good times to have, like, you know, your three of your biggest players, plus one of your strongest event, like another one of your strongest defensemen, like out and you're facing a team of the caliber of the Edmonton Oilers. And so it was, you needed them to come out strong, and that's what they did. And it was feisty. It was a feisty, feisty game. I believe it was in the first period. Um, Yes, because there were, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six penalties in the first period. So um, most of those came from a very large altercation um, that the Oilers started. Um, And it was, let's see, yes. So it was a, it was Connor McDavid cross-checking Sean Corrale. And then everyone was confused as to how someone else from the Oilers also went out. Oh yes. Zach Kaysen roughing against Eric Robinson. Everyone was very confused because they also penalized Robbie. Mm -hmm. And if you watch the footage, Robbie doesn't do anything other than try and like get people off of, of Corrali. And then Robbie gets his arms pinned back and gets punched square in the face like he's not even like he's not doing anything other than like defending like he doesn't start anything and so it was very confusing Lars was big mad um and it was it was like a whole team excursion I mean Elvis (laughs) Elvis came out and like really went in um and it was just one big huge scrum and it was kind of like it was really physical from then on um because like i said um the oilers had no intention of losing to us and especially like you know like jeremy said we ended the first period tied go into the second period and that down to one And that was like a really hard fought period. And as a Jackets fan, you're like, well, crap, here we are again. Like, there's no, like, there's just no way that we're coming back from this. Not ideal. And then I don't know what they put in their fun dip in the locker room in the second intermission. 
But it was nothing but Blue Jackets, baby, in the third period. Yeah. Four straight goals. Yeah, and it's really worth noting, like, Elvis in the second period, stupid. I mean, just stupid. The the Oilers had a few shots where they had 60 to 70% chance of scoring based on analytics, and Elvis just said no. And the the Oilers had, I think, uh, an expected goals total of 4.11 in that game. And obviously, Elvis only lifts up two. That's the kind of performance you want to see from him down the stretch. I mean, you want to get excited for him in these moments. And and to that point, he's the reason the Jackets have a chance going into the third period. Because entering the second intermission down to one especially after that scrap, especially, like you said, after Cassian gets put in a misconduct for 10 minutes and, and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's messy. And if you're down 3-1, 4-1 going into the third period, it's a lot different of a feel than being down 2-1. And the Jackets, they capitalized on that. They capitalized on having their goaltender bail them out of a couple of instances where they – I mean, they haven't done that all year, right? Like, I mean, like there have been moments where Elvis, Corpy, Teresaw, Barube <laughs> – insert e-bug here like save them in situations but the team can't find a way to get one back but oliver bjorkstrand his first goal and i think it's 11 games it is 11 games it amazes me i as a goal scorer oliver bjorkstrand reminds me so much of cam atkinson like it's like there are so many yeah, like how can you have 25 goals on the season? You've gone 11 without scoring one. Like that's nuts. Like I mean like that if that doesn't tell you that this player is hot and cold sometimes when it comes to scoring, obviously the, you know, the things that don't show up on the stat sheet, they're still there. Like I mean like Oliver hasn't been a bad player for the Jackets in the yeah. last 11 games. But the inconsistency of scoring for him sometimes it is uncanny. And and it was that his ability to break that it tied the game and then nick blankenberg gets his first ever nhl goal his first ever power play goal and what would end up being his first ever game winning goal which is just so cool an absolute beauty of a shot from the blue line on the power play that celebration is the one that you watch over and over again and it just makes you feel good to be a blue jackets fan it just gets you so excited for nick blankenberg and i'll tell you what like Columbus has caught Blankenberg fever. Like, the fans, their reaction, like, it was kind of cool to watch Nationwide because I felt like Nationwide was a buzz last night. Or oh, they absolutely erupted when he scored his goal. I mean, you could see it on the on the broadcast, but you could also see it, like, from social media, too, just, like, how stoked everyone was that he finally – I mean, he had gotten an assist earlier on in the game – but to get his first goal, it was such a beautiful play between Oliver and Voracek to get the puck to Nick and to just see him like, cause you can, if you watch it from start to finish, you can see Nick make the decision to take the shot where he's at a very clear crossroads. Do I pass or do I try and take this on my own? And I think what makes it such a proud moment for him and for, you know, I think the older guys on the team to see him do this is, is that moment, that moment that he decides to take the chance because the chance is worth it in that moment. 
and it, it works out. He beats, I forget what their goalie's name is, but he beats the Oilers goalie, and it is literally just the whole whole room or, you know, whole barn just erupts for him. And, of course, the first person, which I love this because he's such the dad of the team, but the first person that wraps their arms around Nick is Jakob Voracek. And just, you know, celebrating with him and, you know, such a big moment. His, you know, his mom and dad and a bunch of his family, because they're from Michigan, so it's an easy, sort of an easy drive, easier drive. Like his mom and dad, his siblings, a bunch of his cousins, I guess, were all there and got to see, you know, and have this experience with him. So, and it's just, you know, it's such a big deal anytime we get someone to get their first goal as a blue jacket. So, very exciting. Yeah, very exciting indeed. And I think as we, I mean, like kind of going to this attendance point, going to the arena part, I, you have to be careful not to like look at this too much because obviously Canada has had some attendance restrictions this year that obviously play into this. But taking the Canadian teams out of it, the Jackets have a higher percentage of attendance than Detroit, which again, Detroit not great this year, so I can understand it. But that's Hockey Town USA, I've been told. Uh, Florida, uh, they've got a, and you can't tell me there's been any COVID restrictions in that state. Uh, you got Philadelphia again, really terrible season, but that, those that's a fan base that's dedicated and hardcore. Uh, Los Angeles, that's a playoff team. That's a playoff team as we sit here today. Uh, Anaheim was in it for a while. I mean, Anaheim was pushing and pushing and pushing, and they don't find a way to do it. But, uh, I mean, even the Jackets, I mean, like, not that far back of Carolina. Carolina, 15th. The Rangers, 14th. Again, New York City, COVID. I mean, that could be affecting it. The Jackets, 17th in attendance in the league, and, and that's not exactly, like, a – right home and tell everybody about it number but for the jackets that's not bad i mean like that's that's pretty good for a team that wasn't supposed to do anything this year and at times didn't really give the fans a lot to watch and that's exciting like i think that that says something about where the hockey market is yeah absolutely and you know i mean you couldn't have said it better i, I just think it speaks volumes to the road that we're on into where this, you know, hockey community is going to go and grow from. And that's, that's such good news. I mean, it would be a much different story if we were seeing numbers like some of these other teams and, you know, we're really just downtrodden, but, you know, I think we're lucky in a way that, Yes, there are some divisive realms of the fandom, but I think we're really lucky in a way that in a bad circumstance and in the couple of rough years that we've had as a team, instead of like super dividing, we've just doubled down. We're like, you know what? We're going to ride it out. (laughs) Let's see where this goes. And, you know, we're going to give it a go and we're going to have fun with it. And I think, you know, that speaks to the, to the blue jackets as a whole, not just, not just the direct team, but like to the people who are working for the the blue jackets and 
who are helping to keep this community like alive and that's just really positive and really awesome and you know if we're playing even the smallest amount of role in that situation then we're we're happy to be a part of it too but um it makes things exciting it makes what would be normally like kind of a bummer end of a season because we're not going to the playoffs and you know it keeps it exciting and it keeps people wanting to stay engaged and wanting to see what's going to happen in the off season yeah and i mean I think what's different about now versus years where the Blue Jackets have struggled in the past is I do think more than the years that they've struggled before, there's a trust that exists in the front office that did not exist in the bad days of being a Blue Jackets fan. I mean, even this, it's not great to not make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. I'm not excited about it. But, like, this team is a – it should be maybe a playoff contender next year. After two years of kind of being down and a lot of turmoil and a lot of leaving and all that kind of stuff, this team has rebranded and re-identified the hockey that they need to play, and they brought in the people to do that. And in two years, they're going to enter next season as a team that if they add a couple pieces or if a couple of pieces really develop well over the summer, should contend. And that's something that I don't think any of us expected necessarily this quickly, but I look at a situation like in Detroit, I mean, that's a team that made the playoffs 25, 26 years in a row and hasn't been back in six years. And that I think puts into perspective the trust and, and don't get me wrong, Red Wings fans trust Stevie Eisenman, not worried about that, but like, it's just, it puts it into perspective. Like, Back in, I mean, the Jackets, yeah, they make the playoffs in 2008-9 that year, and then they don't come back until 2014, another five years. Like, it's like, that's not what this is. And I think that that is giving me, at least as somebody who went through that experience, a lot of reassurance that we're going to be okay, and we just got to stay excited, stay energized, because these years are what make the years that we win so much more exciting. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And... You know, it's it's going to be fun to see, you know, Yarmo's already said this offseason is going to be really exciting and interesting for the Blue Jackets. And yeah, pray for pray for the person who is currently on the right side of my screen as I look out at the left side of no, the right side of yours as well as you're as you're watching this if you are. But wow, I you're are you going to be OK? You know, it's always such a I mean, I, I always. Always saying that if I can survive last summer with just the bombshell of Cam leaving, like I think I can stomach most things. So yeah, you can too. Um, to wrap up this win, Jack Rosovic scores, uh, and then Cole Cylinder gets an empty netter. So Jackets are now eleven and one when Cole Cylinder scores a goal. Um, sorry for jinxing that in the last episode, but but yeah, and. I just thought of a question when you said that of like a good question to add in our uh, post-season exit interviews. Uh, so I'll have to let our special guest host of those episodes uh, handle that question, but I'm really excited about it. Well, don't cheat and take your, then your answer is going to be better than mine. 
Do you want me to tell you what it is so that way you can like think about it for a while? Yes. Who's on your no trade list? Like who is it on who's like who's on your no trade list? Like let's talk through like who is it you don't trade? Um and we'll talk about that in that in that episode. We're very excited about that. It's actually guys, okay, wait, no, it's gonna be a weird moment for everybody who listens. It's gonna be the first episodes that Laura and I both are on them. Yeah. And, and like because when we did the exit interviews last year, we we interviewed we each other. Together. We interviewed each other, yeah. And so this year, our friend Steven, you know him. Steven. He is going to be interviewing Laura and I like as like a third party. Like, I'm just gonna come in and interview you guys. He's coming up with questions, he's really excited about it. Um, and I'm really excited about it for him. And to, and I'm excited with him. And <laughs> I'm just so eager. It's gonna be so fascinating. I'm gonna save myself like like I'm gonna be surprised that when I produce the episode that's you and him I'm not gonna listen to any of it so you'll have to let me know like if I need to edit anything but um (laughs) but (laughs) if you go completely unhinged in the episode and I just post it (laughs) no I'm gonna make sure Steven and I are on the same page that if I pop off in any way he has to like calm it down yeah yeah (laughs) I knew man I love it but but yeah, I can't wait to see how that turns out. That'll be fun. I know for us, like like we talked about it, obviously the season's been a lot. I think the season has been the one thing and the show throughout the season has continued to be the one thing that really has like kept us going. Like it's been like hard this year, like to to go through the life changes that we both have. And and obviously like the show always is a constant. Like it's always a constant, even when some people don't think it's gonna remain a constant when their best friend moves to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Who could that be? But uh <laughs> Obviously it is. And and that's that really is nice. not fair. That was a private conversation that we had. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean I I think that if you can remember what when I thought our show was gonna die, you can also share it. I can't remember when I said that though. Um it was after something happened. And I can't remember what it was now that I'm thinking about it. What was it? I obviously must not have felt too passionately about it if I'm not remembering it. I don't remember. I know you did have that feeling and you didn't tell me about it until the much more emotional conversation that we had. Um, These are the conversations that make us better as a show and this is why you all love to listen to it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I think just like as we go into the off season, obviously the content for the jackets will kind of like tamper off a little bit. Don't you worry your pretty little heads because these bitches ain't going nowhere. (laughs) Um, We're still going to be around. Uh, We have some fun plans. We're going to do some player recaps for the season on some of the episodes that are coming up after the season. Um, Talking about this a little bit on this episode, just because we want to get you pumped. What's that? We want to get them pumped for. We want to get them pumped. And like the next episode is just going to be weird on Friday where it's like, we talk about a game. I don't know. We might have a lot to talk about when we record on the next I don't one. We're going to be able to cons- record on Thursday. So we might have to record on Friday and release on Saturday. That might have to be something we do. So, oh, weekend, subjectively speaking? Because we can't really talk about it, but something very exciting is happening on Thursday. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm excited yeah. about it. But, God, I didn't even think about that part of it, to be honest with you. Because it's just like, still doesn't seem like we're doing that i'm driving to columbus on wednesday night 
like a dumbass. And I'm going to be at the last game. So please come say hi. I love you all very much. And I would love to see you. That'll make my heart happy. I'm literally going to be in Columbus for 36 hours. I like how he's forgetting I'm also going to be with him at the game. All right. Listen, I hear you. But like, mm-hmm. are you driving five and a half, six hours to get to the game? Like, I just need everybody no, to know but, I'm But I'm there. also having like my own situation this week, which makes it a miracle that I'm going to also be there for the last game. This is true. But... Nevertheless, you would have made it to the last game. It's more so the other stuff on Thursday that you wouldn't have been able to make it to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I it, it's exciting. I'm excited to be there with you all and, and with you, especially Laura. And we'll come to the cannon. We'll hang out. It'll be really fun. Uh, the Jackets obviously got a couple of cupcakes coming up. The Tampa Bay Lightning and the Pittsburgh Penguins to end the season. Back to back games. Against- Which is just so rude. So fucked up. I'm actually still mad about this. And actually, I'm not mad about it now in hindsight being 2020. I was so mad at first when the Jackets schedule got redone to where they had to play. Originally, the season was supposed to end on Friday against Tampa Bay. Like It was supposed to end on the Friday, the 29th against the Lightning. And with the NHL schedule issues, it obviously got moved back. The Lightning game for that Thursday. And so it made the last game of the Jackets home season on a Thursday, I was like, oh, that sucks. Like, if people had tickets to that game and they were, like, going on a Friday night, that blows. Um, but now I would not have been able to be there on Friday because Friday is the, the first graduation ceremony that I have to work. And so I'm happy about it in hindsight. At the time, I was mad, but I'm over it now. It all worked out the way that it should. So The way that it usually does, right? Um, but nevertheless... Um, you're going to want to keep up with us this week. I have a feeling that you're really going to want to keep up with this, us this week. Um, that's me manifesting some things, but, uh, you're going to have to follow us to do that. Like, I'm not just going to like send it to you. Like, I'm not just going to like find out what your phone number is and text you content. Like, that's like, that's a lot of work for us. And like, I'm just not with the shits. And so, um, the one way you can do that is by following us on Elon Musk's Twitter, uh, Twitter on his internet. Laura, you can tell us. Where yeah, I just love how us. again you were trying to take this away from me. No, I wasn't. I just wanted to make the Elon Musk joke really bad. Like mm-hmm. I had that in my back pocket since we started the show. Gotcha. Well, you're definitely gonna want to follow us on social media because we're worth saw, the forty-four billion dollars, motherfuckers. We are. But also, if you saw my tweet from earlier, um, the fates have decided that Jeremy oh. and I are facing off against each other in the fantasy hockey stanley cup um somehow some way we got to this point where it is the two of us at the end um i ever the more pessimistic of the two of us and i fully believe that jeremy is going to murder me so i don't i even though i will come out with the better record at the end hey they don't Listen, that doesn't matter, but um, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, how wild is that? (laughs) Yeah, it really makes no sense that we ended up in this place. Is the rule rule now that we have to, instead of, instead of doing, you know, sending a pizza to whoever wins, like, do we then personally just send the pizza to the other? Like, is that what the rule is now? Yeah, I think so. I think we have to use real money and not podcast money. It's fucked up. It is fucked up. (laughs) But don't tell the IRS. That's true. We're, yeah. 
that's a whole other thing. But anyway, so you're going to want to keep up with that content. Um, so you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. If you want to check out our website and, um, you know, learn some cool stuff about us, you can. It's SubjectivelySpeaking.com. Uh, if you want to support your two favorite podcasters to both, A, go to next year's Cannonball, but also B, help us pay for our flights to Finland. Fuck, we didn't talk about that at all. We did not, but we can talk about it at the, on the next episode. Yeah, we can. Um, because we do already, <laughs> we already have hotel reservations, so we just have to figure out the rest of the, the details. You know, getting there. You can can go to our merch store, subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com, and buy yourself some fun merch. Um, We did actually have our first merch-related conversation this evening before we started recording. I have good ideas. I have really good ideas, folks. Get excited. That hopefully means some new merch will be coming your way. But for now, check out all of our cute stuff that we currently have. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. If you are on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. Um, Again, we don't know why it matters, but it does help us move up in the hockey podcast charts, as well as helps us uh, get noticed by anyone who's looking for some quality hockey podcast content. Um, We are nothing but short of quality. (laughs) No, we're wrong. <laughs> we're um, good, okay? We're good. We're good. Uh, so, yeah, but other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much. She's forgetting the third reason why you need to buy our merch, and that's to keep us out of jail. Oh, that's true. Tax yeah. evasion. Actually, probably should be reason number one, because I don't think we can get to jail or get to Finland if we're in jail. Yeah, that's true. Might be hard. Anyway, um, we so appreciate y'all. I hope I don't have to wait until our next episode to talk to you all. I hope I can talk to you all at the Jackets game on Thursday. But if I don't, look forward to our episode coming out on Friday or Saturday. We'll let the gods determine. And we will talk to you all so soon. Bye.